You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over king. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The House of Cards. Today, the game is different. With author and professional poker player Ashley Adams. Okay, you have some skill. Hi, listeners. Welcome to House of Cards. This is Ashley Adams, your host for the hour. We have two guests and, of course, a mailbag segment. The first guest is an author, a multiple book author. He's written uh, seven books or so. His most recent is A Winning Gambling Strategy and How to Get It. His name is Greg Elder, and we'll be talking to him about his adventure, how he became a professional gambler, and how he became an author. Then is... Sandy Schwartzbach, who is the commissioner of the PPC Poker Tour. And if you've ever thought about how much fun it would be to play in a really big tournament down in Aruba, this interview is for you because the PPC Poker Tour has a bunch of feeder tournaments that feed into a major event in Aruba. We're going to talk to him about that. So stay tuned. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyons, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Make your game night the envy of all your friends and family. Play on a one-of-a-kind table. Play on a pro-caliber poker table. Pro-caliber tables are made with high-quality gaming suede and suited speed cloths. And with their Table Builder app, customers can create a table to accommodate any game. Select one of the in-stock designs from their site or imprint your own. And now you can get a free 600-count coin inlay chipset when you purchase a pro-caliber poker table. Here's how. Use offer code HOC Radio when you check out at ProCaliberPoker.com or when ordering by phone at 240-25-POKER. That's 240-257-6537. Remember, to get your free gift when ordering your poker table, use offer code HOC Radio. That's H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O. Order by phone at 240-257-6537 or online at ProCaliberPoker.com. ProCaliber Poker Tables. Stop playing around and get that table you've been looking for. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. 
That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code BABE16 at checkout, and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code BABE16. That's B-A-B-E-16 at adamandeve.com. Midwest poker players now have a poker tour to call their own. The Mid-States Poker Tour. The Mid-States Poker Tour is designed to cater directly to poker players. Great locations, deep stack tournaments, affordable buy-ins, and most importantly, large prize pools. This year, with over 20 events in nine states, the Mid-States Poker Tour provides an exciting opportunity for poker in one of the most underrated poker hotbeds in the country. Check out their website, msptpoker.com, for upcoming tournaments near you. The Mid-States Poker Tour. Finally, a poker tour designed for poker players. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. You're listening to the House of Cards. I think we got a show. Oh, yeah, we got a show. We definitely got a show. Oh, yeah, there's a show. Hey, it's all about ratings, baby, and we got them. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. As promised, we have a guy who's going to be a guest on this show right now who has, I think, a fascinating personal story to tell. He's an author. He's an educator. He's a very, very interesting guy. I'd like to introduce him. Greg, are you there? Yes, sir. I am here. Our listeners, we're talking to Greg Elder, who is the author most recently of two books. One is Gambler's Fight Back. A Professional Gambler's Journey of How to Survive and Thrive in the Casino, and then A Winning Gambling Strategy and How to Get It. Now, Greg, these are not the only books you've written, are they? You've written at least one more, I believe, right? Yes, actually, I've written nine. Um, These are my two, what I like to call my two foundations. Um, The Gambler's Fight Back is more of my journey as a professional gambler, and it's sort of like a memoir and I go through the different uh, techniques I used as an advantage gambler. Whereas my most recent book, The Winning Gambling Strategy, is geared more towards the average gambler and what they can do um, to basically lower the casino's advantage and not take you know hundreds of hours of practice to do it. All right, let's start with your journey because I think that'll help Uh, people understand who you are and why you're doing what you're doing. Tell us your story of how you became to become a professional gambler. Well, I had always been, you know, fascinated with the mathematics behind gambling. 
Um, and I had studied it from the time I was probably 18 years old, read books, uh, watched movies, and had always heard that it was possible indeed to be an advantage gambler. I got to a point in my life where I was at a, in a profession actually selling insurance, and I was absolutely miserable. At the time, I had a wife and, and daughter, which I still do, but um, I was unhappy in the job, and I simply walked out. And I was determined to do something that I was absolutely passionate about. And I had always been passionate about gambling, and not just gambling, but what is known as advantage gambling. And so I was determined to take all these theories that I had read in books, and, and the mathematics were sound. I knew the mathematics were sound, but was it indeed practical? Was it indeed possible to actually go out and do this? And that really intrigued me. It was risky. My wife thought I was crazy when uh, I told her what I was going to do. But uh, it was something, at, I was at a point in my life that I needed to do it. Well, I want to stop you there because I want to put this in context because you are a very unusual guy. And I knew that when I read about how you were in your job as an insurance person right. and you decided to leave and you're looking out at the different options uh, that might be available to you. And I love the section of your book where you're talking about what else might you do. And you thought, hmm, let's see. Maybe I could become, well, I was passionate about sports. Um, I've always had a little athletic skill, so I thought of becoming a professional bowler. Even though I'm a terrible bowler now, how hard would it be to become great? Get a trainer, work out every day. In a couple of years, I'll be on the pro tour. The prize money isn't bad, and they even get on ESPN, ESPN every so often. Uh, so how come you didn't become a professional bowler? <laughs> well, that should give you an idea of the mindset I was in. I was I was just basically brainstorming everything that I could do that, you know, I had some talents that was something that was out of the ordinary. And, you know, the bowling thing, you know, that story sort of in jest, but, it, you know, it honestly did cross my mind. Um, it ended quite quickly when I ran it by my wife, and she looked at me like I was absolutely crazy. So I didn't really pursue that, but it was just the, the mindset that I had. I needed something different, you know. I, I was tired of the 9 to 5. I was tired of the grind. I needed something that would get me out of bed every morning that I would be, you know, eager to, to get into and just something different. Right. And, and I, I get it. And you figure you could. But what I find fascinating is that you had enough confidence in yourself to figure that even if you as an adult knew nothing about it, you could learn it and master it to the point that you could make a living at it. Right. And and that that's again the mindset I was in was that I could I had all all these talents and it was finding something that would really 
there was certainly going to be some uncertainty there as to the outcome. And I knew that, and, and the same with gambling. I didn't know if I was going to be successful, whether it was going to work. And if I did try bowling, I don't know that you know I, I could have actually accomplished that, but the pursuit of that dream, the pursuit of doing just something out of the ordinary was, was what really drove me. Okay. And, uh, so how did you yeah. focus on the games that you ended up focusing on? Well, as I got into it and, and, you know, studying the mathematics behind it, as you know, there's only certain games in the casino that can actually be played with an advantage. Um, and everybody knows poker, which is the most popular, because you're not actually competing against the casino, obviously. Um, you're, you're going against the other players. They get the rake, uh, the percentage, so they're happy. Um, but you're, you're actually competing against other players. What I wanted to find and test were all the games that uh, supposedly could be played with an advantage, and those are primarily uh, blackjack card counting, uh, sports gambling, and uh, video poker. And those three games were basically what I, what I set my sights on. And I sort of methodically went through each of those games. I taught myself how to count cards. I taught myself all the mathematical plays behind uh, video poker, um, sports gambling. I got into into that, and um, I just kind of went through each of those and, again, just tried to determine whether or not it was actually possible to do this. So stay tuned. We'll be back after a break. Make your game night the envy of all your friends and family. Play on a one-of-a-kind table. Play on a Pro-Caliber poker table. Pro-Caliber tables are made with high-quality gaming suede and suited speed cloths. And with their Table Builder app, customers can create a table to accommodate any game. Select one of the in-stock designs from their site or imprint your own. And now you get a free 600-count coin inlay chipset when you purchase a Pro-Caliber poker table. Here's how. Use offer code HOCRADIO when you check out at ProCaliberPoker.com or when ordering by phone at 24025-POKER. That's 240-257-6537. Remember, to get your free gift when ordering your poker table, use offer code HOCRADIO. That's H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O. Order by phone at 240-257-6537 or online at ProCaliberPoker.com. Pro Caliber Poker Tables. Stop playing around and get that table you've been looking for. Check raising stupid tourists and taking huge pots off them. Yeah? Stacks and towers of checks I can't even see over. Playing all night, high limit, hold them in the Taj, where the sand turns to gold. Hey, let's go. Don't tease me. Let's play some cards. This is House of Cards Radio with SCS. They're playing poker! Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. 
Uh, listeners, we're talking to Greg Elder, who is the author most recently of two books. One is Gambler's Fight Back, A Professional Gambler's Journey of How to Survive and Thrive in the Casino, and then A Winning Gambling Strategy and How to Get It. And how many hours of blackjack once you once you decided you were proficient? I'm not talking about the hours you might have played while you were still learning. But once right. you mastered basic strategy and adopted a counting system that you thought you became proficient at, how many right. hours of blackjack did you actually play in a casino? Well, it, it's still at that point an ongoing uh, process because even once you, you master it in, in your home and once you get to the casino, it's a completely different atmosphere. And now all of a sudden you have the casino obviously looking out for card counters. And it's, you know, I, I couldn't even count the, the total number of hours, but, you know, thousands of hours. And it, it does become, become a, a bit of a grind. But, again, it's that cat and mouse game of, you know, who's watching me? Do they know that I'm counting cards? Is the, you know, are they, is he getting on me? Um, you know, so it, it was that con- constant um, cat and mouse game that that does wear on you. And that's why a lot of blackjack card counters, they they play very short sessions. Um, you try to get as many hours as you can in, but you can't stay in one place too long because of the heat. Um, right. As a lot of people may or may not know, because there are some misconceptions, card counting is not illegal. It's um, been held up by the courts many times. It's not, you're not doing anything wrong. You're not cheating. You're not doing anything illegal. But the reason casinos can kick you out is for the fact that they're private establishments and they can basically ask anyone they want to leave as long as it's not based on race, uh, ethnicity, that type of stuff. Right. So you became proficient at card counting. I'm just curious, where did you play? What are some of the places you play? Did you stick to one casino? Did you go all over so that they wouldn't figure you out too quickly? What did you do? Well, I'm based on the East Coast, so I spent a lot of time in Atlantic City. And Atlantic City's not ideal. Now, Atlantic City... They can't kick not... you out, though, in Atlantic City, right? Ab- absolutely. What they like to do in Atlantic City is sort of play games. They'll come. If they think you're counting, they'll uh, you know shuffle a deck up on you. Um, they'll they'll flat bet you, uh, do different tactics to to take away your advantage, but they can't actually ask you to leave. But Atlantic City has all shoe games, you know, six and eight 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 decks, so it's a little tougher to get an advantage. So I had to make my way to Vegas as often as I could, but then you know, obviously, you're factoring in travel expenses. But Vegas definitely has the best games. Did you go they out to? Uh, did you go to Harris Cherokee? Yes, I, I went to Harris Cherokee. But at the time, um, I actually hit them on an advantage play for video poker, and that's another game people don't. They kind of associate it with slot machines. But they don't realize that um, every decision you make in a video poker machine is a mathematically based decision. There's a right and a wrong move. And certain games, if played perfectly, you can actually have an advantage over the casino. So at the time, Harris Cherokee, 
um, they did not have live dealers. It was a computer. computer. They had dealers, but they, it was a computer-based blackjack game, which they shuffle um, each round so you can't count. But I did manage to find it a, a very lucrative uh, video poker play there that I took advantage uh, of for quite a while, actually. Let's talk a little bit more about video poker because I think uh, listeners may be under a misconception. You helped uh, clear up one, which is you can gain an advantage, but you can gain an advantage in actually a couple of ways, right? It's not just 100% plus machines. There are also other things that you can use to add to your bottom line that might not be immediately apparent. Could you talk about that, comps and uh, promotions? Absolutely. And they're, they're the key to uh, video poker players because, like you said, Nowadays, there's very few machines that um, actually have over 100% payback, and comps and rewards, promotions are your lifeline. And the problem with that, and it's similar to card counting, is that once they're onto you as an advantage gambler, they start to pull those things. But you're absolutely right. You can play a machine, say a machine that's called uh, 9 to 6 jacks or better video poker. If you play that perfectly, it's a 99.54% payback, which obviously isn't over 100%. But if you're playing on a day where there's triple points, um, if if they're giving you a certain amount of cash back, and you start to combine these things, and it's all mathematically based. You, you work it into a mathematical formula. You know how much play, what they're going to give you back on the play, and you, you work it out to where you have an actual advantage. And an interesting thing that I, I do want to say that I want people to know, and, and this is similar to poker in a lot of ways, you can do the right things, you can make all the right plays, you can actually have a 1-2% advantage over the casino every time you play, but in the short term, luck dictates a lot of what happens to you. And I know in poker, you can make all the right plays, and you can do the right things, but ultimately, in the short term, luck can play a major factor. And, that, and that's where a lot of people get discouraged. They don't give the math time to work itself out. Eventually, if you play long enough, the math is going to dictate what happens to you. And that's how casinos make money. They, they know what the math is. They believe in the math. Now, they have much more than a you know, 2% advantage on a lot of games. But, um, you know, they rely on the math, and that's what advantage gamblers need to do. And you and have a they, problem, right? You have a problem relying on the math. I think you told the story that, first of all, you have a finite bankroll. And second right. of all, uh, in order to get the best percentages, you may have to play higher than right. your risk tolerance is in order to shave the house advantage to a very tiny number. Tell us about that, risk of ruin and finite bankroll. Well, uh, and I'm not sure who said it, but a famous gambler once said, they were asking him, what's the best advice for a new professional um, gambler? And he said, to get lucky early. <laughs> yes. and, the reason, and the reason for that is because... You know, most people don't have a $50,000 bankroll to start with. And they start with smaller bankrolls, and right away, you're at a disadvantage. And what happened to me was I did – I started off very well. 
I, I stuck by the mathematics, and I was presented an opportunity, and my bankroll basically could not sustain it. And I knew going in I had about a 50-50 chance of risk of ruin, which, to put in perspective, is very high. Normally, you do not want – normally, you want to try to get it down to about a 2%. Well, I was at about a 50% chance of risk of ruin. And as intelligent as I am, I, you know, I made a rookie mistake. And I, I was doing really well. My bankroll was growing substantially, and I took a shot. And unfortunately, it cost me in the end. But it was a great learning experience, and it, and it, it taught me to always remain, to always focus on the principles that I know to be true. Well, we could talk a lot longer. We've pretty much run out of time, but I am curious. Uh, you did this adventure for about how long, and then what are you doing now? I did it for about a year. The, the, the objective was to do it for a year to see what happens. And what happened along the way, interestingly enough, I started a blog just sort of out of fun, and I started getting all these questions about, you know, how do you do this or how do you do that? And the blog soon turned into, um, you know, different writings and things like that. And next thing I know, I was writing a book, and I was offered a book deal. And that was my original book, which is uh, Gambler's Fight Back, um, about my journey, about my me memoir. And from that, I've had, I mean, you know, tons of experiences as far as writing and uh you know, I had the opportunity to write this latest book, A Winning Gambling Strategy and How to Get It. And it's just turned into a lot of different things um, as far as writing, because people want to know. They, they want to take all my experiences and the mistakes I've made, the things that I've learned, and I try to put those so that they don't make those same mistakes. Well, I think they're both excellent books. I recommend them to somebody who doesn't really understand gambling and wants to learn some of the basics so that they lose money less quickly uh, when they're gambling and maybe even win some money if they can learn some of the advantage plays that you've outlined. You've been a very good guest, Greg, and uh, why don't you give us your website uh, where people can get a copy of the book as well. Absolutely. Um, my author site is simply gregelderauthor.com, and you can see all my books are on there, and they're all available on Amazon. And you can also go to my blog, which is progamblerslife.com, and on there I give a lot of different tips and uh, advice on gambling, and uh, that has a lot of my information as well. Great. Well, thanks for joining us, Greg. It's been my pleasure. I appreciate it, Ashley. Uh, listeners, that was Greg Elder, author of A Winning Gambling Strategy and How to Get It, as well as Gambler's Fight Back, and also I just learned seven other books. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. Hey, 
Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Something exciting is happening in New Jersey. People are cheering in Cherry Hill and cashing in chips, pumping fists in Fort Lee, and flopping full houses. Get the thrill and play on your laptop, tablet, or mobile at BorgataPoker.com. Texas Hold'em, daily tournaments, and sit and goes. Real money anywhere in New Jersey. The Borgata Hotel and Casino is a name you trust, so you can be sure that BorgataPoker.com is secure. And now with a $25 deposit, you can get a $20 bonus when you sign up for Borgata Poker at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. Remember, you must be 21 and physically present in New Jersey to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Need to sell your house fast? We're Homevestors, the We Buy Ugly Houses people. You've seen our big yellow billboards with our caveman Ugg, but did you know that Homevestors is America's number one home buyer? At Homevestors, we can buy your house as is, pay you cash, and usually pay most of the closing costs, and we close fast. Call today for your no-obligation consultation and get out of that ugly real estate situation. If your house needs repairs, you're ready to downsize, tired of renters and those rental property repairs, retiring, experiencing a job transfer, inherited a property, or just need to sell your house fast, do what thousands of satisfied Homevestor customers have done. Call Homevestors today for a no-obligation consultation at 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. We'll close fast and pay cash. So what are you waiting for? Call Homevestors today. 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. Hey, this is Dave Shuttle from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of August 4th, 2014. An update on a story we brought you last week. Five arrests have been made in the Caesars Casino robbery in Atlantic City last week. One of those arrested is Isaiah Plummer, a 19-year-old former security guard at the casino. Workers in the casino said the robbers seemed to know the security officer's routine. Plummer was terminated by the casino for violation of rules and regulations on July 9th. An arrest has been made in another casino robbery, this time at the Bellagio in Las Vegas. Last Friday night, Scott Carmichael from Kansas robbed the casino cashier at gunpoint, taking over $43,000. Police arrested Carmichael at the Hard Rock Hotel in a room full of hookers with money still bound in the Bellagio wrappers. The police were tipped off by a tourist who Carmichael paid $300 to book a room at the Hard Rock. And finally, traffic in Los Angeles is legendary. And when the freeway was closed while police successfully talked down a man on the ledge of an overpass, a group of people found a creative way to pass the time. They set up a card table and played Texas Hold'em on the freeway. This caused a flurry of social media tweets where people thought it was a taco stand. It wasn't. It was a card game. Hey, who said traffic can't be fun? 
Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. Midwest poker players now have a poker tour to call their own. The Mid-States Poker Tour. The Mid-States Poker Tour is traveling around the region now. Their next major event is coming up at the Tropicana Evansville in Evansville, Indiana, August 16th to the 24th. The Tropicana event has a guaranteed main event prize pool of $200,000, so don't be left out. Check out their website, msptpoker.com, for registration and additional tournament information. The Mid-States Poker Tour, a poker tour designed for poker players. You're listening to the House of Cards. A set of deuces is kind of like a macro in the moonlight. One minute it's real shiny, the next it stinks. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. We are joined for this segment by Sandy Schwartzbach, who is the commissioner of the PPC Poker Tour. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for having me on. I got a bunch of questions about your poker tour because there are quite a few out there. Why don't you tell us what it is and what makes it different from all the other poker tours out there on the poker horizon? Yeah, you know, um, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about that earlier. What does separate us, and one of our our strengths um, in this very, you know, competitive poker world. And, and, and you know, there, there's there's some great, you know, all the the tours that have made some names for themselves do do a very good job. From the SOP to WPT. Um, when we started out, though, we just saw it was before Black Friday, and um, we were looking for. Um, a destination location to to start a poker series. Um, we'd seen that Aruba had been um, vacated by the WPT years ago, and, and we started to travel down to Aruba and, and basically scope out the island. We'd heard great things about it, and uh, it's beautiful if, if you've been there yourself, or I'm sure you've heard of others that have traveled there. So um, the short version is we went down there. We, we launched our 2012 uh, PPC Aruba event. Um, we had, you know, we only had, we did a 3,300 buy-in, um, only had a 31 player field. It was probably one of the toughest fields of bracelet winners and WPT, uh, players of the year, but, um, we came out of it and, um, everyone had a great time. Um, Joe Sorok, the 2012 player of the year, um, won the event and that pretty much launched us. Uh, we then, you know, vamped up for 2013 and, uh, started to launch our tour in the U.S. Okay, so you have uh, exotic locations, but there are a lot of tours that have exotic locations. What makes the PPC Poker Tour different? What makes it different is um, we originally had started our tour with the thought of, hey, we'll we'll just, you know, we'll focus on building three or four events in Aruba um, where we satellite players from U.S. locations. And um, we ended up, um, you know, going up to the North Florida area. We figured we'd focus on Florida first. We're based out of Pompano Beach, uh, which is right around the Fort Lauderdale area. And um, we developed a great relationship with a room uh, up in Tampa. It's the Silks Poker Room at Tampa Downs. 
Um, instead of running satellites, we talked to the director there, and he said, hey, why don't we do a series? And we kind of looked at each other and said, okay, we, we like the thought of this. And um, instead of doing a, a, a natural satellite where players were just winning seats to Aruba, we decided to create a series where it's a hybrid version, where 80 percent of the prize pool will be cash, 20 percent will receive Aruba packages, which will range from anywhere from $5,000 to $1,000. So if there's a $50,000 guaranteed prize pool, um, $40,000 will go to cash, and $10,000 will go to Aruba packages. So what separated was us was the whole philosophy of, hey, you know, come to Tampa and win. Don't only win great prizes in Tampa. You know, win an opportunity to go to the Aruba World Championship for this great pokercation and, you know, and play against some of the top players in the world. So uh, that's pretty much been our mission ever since. So you are still – just based at the Silks, where people play in a series and can qualify for a tournament in Aruba, or are you broader than that now? No, we've actually, uh, you know, we uh, we realized that we went up and ran an event in Silks last July. That's when we basically started the tour, our first tour stop. And ever since then, we ended up doing eight events last year from Tampa, um, Fort Pierce, um, South Florida, and, and the Miami area. And now we branched off. We run um, 10 events in Florida. Um, very fortunate. We run events at Maryland Live monthly. Um, and we've expanded also to the Stratosphere in Vegas and um, and Pensacola, Tampa Downs. And we also have our first uh, our first stop at the Horseshoe and Tunica. So uh, that's going to be in late August. So it's just gotten so crazy. It's uh, like I said, we went from a, a one stop, uh, one stop event to uh, over 20 stops here in uh, our second season. Do you still only feed to Aruba or are there other exotic locations that you feed into? For now, it's just Aruba. You know, our focus is, you know, when we originally started, it was like, you know, where focus was, hey, you know, let's really bring poker back to Aruba. And that was going to take a lot of work without any, any online support. So our, our, our U.S. properties have, have also worked as a as a feeding system, obviously, for Aruba. So, you know, our thought is, is hey, you know, let's really focus on putting on a, you know, our main event in Aruba is a $2,200 buy-in, 200K guarantee. And, you know, the goal is we're going to have this year, we had satellited in 44 players to our event last year, where this year we're going to have over 80. And when I say over 80, I'm talking 80 players before we even step foot on the island are already going to have a main event entry. So, um, you know, we're expecting, you know, 150 to 250 players this year, and then, um, you know, continue to grow Aruba. We do have some other locales that we're not going to announce yet, but um, all of our focus has been in Aruba so far. So, listeners, we're talking to Sandy Schwartzbaugh, who is the commissioner of the PPC Poker Tour. Uh, Can you only satellite in, or can somebody go down to Aruba and buy a seat just straight up? Oh, that's a great question. No, we've we've made it. You know, it's a it's a it's a seven day series. Um, players can um, direct buy in. Um, you know, we're doing the event at the Radisson Aruba Resort, and um, it's 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 as good as it gets. You don't even have to rent a car. The, the food is great. The beaches are beautiful, and um, you know, I would say more than half of our field actually traveled down and and direct bought in. You know, the great thing about our tour is you know running twenty stops now in the states. There's such a good vibe, and and so many people are gunning to get to Aruba that, you know, we've developed such a following that, you know, most of those players, if they don't win their seat, are definitely buying their package on their own. Um, if you were, you said it's a seven-day series, uh, what events are there other than the main event? Um, we're running uh, we're running the main event, which is the 2200-200K. 
Um, as I mentioned, uh, Joe Sirock is going to be our featured pro down there. Um, and then we run, we'll run anywhere between um, 120 to 550 buy-ins throughout. Um, we'll run some nightly turbos. And then um, we've also had a great relationship with the Lips Poker Tour, um, Lupe with Lips, and uh, the Senior Poker Tour, which we've also started to include all of a, a Lips and an, um, a Senior Poker Tour event and all of our U.S. stops. But we'll have, uh, we'll have a, a Lips and a Senior Poker Tour event down in Aruba as well. I see. Do you happen to know off the top of your head, because I'm always pointing out the importance of players knowing what things cost them, what is the juice that you charge for the buy-in to the main event? Oh, the main event's a 2,000 plus 200. Okay, that's a reasonable 10%. And do you take anything out of the prize pool in addition? Um, three, you know, three percent service fee for staff. Um, you know, we keep that we keep that pretty consistent with, uh, you know, with everything that's going on out there. You know, as as fair as we can be as a player is very important to us. Hence, our name originally, Players Poker Championship. You know, was we pretty much created the series for the players. You know, I know a lot of series. You know, a lot of tours say they do that, but that was really a a focus from day one. You know, great blind structures, friendly environment, and most importantly, you know, just a, a an excellent staffs that run these events. You know, we have we have pretty cookie cut. You know, blind structures that we work with with our locations, and um, if they need any assistance, we're more than welcome to bring someone in as well. So, um, so far so good. We've been really well received, and. Um, we're actually super excited. We're going to launch our first uh, large North American um, U.S. event next month at uh, Tampa Downs. So that's going to be our biggest, our big U.S. event every year. And then the um, the uh, event right now in Aruba in October, which is going to run the 15th to the 21st. Now the Tampa Downs, that is where the Silks Poker Room is, right? Yes, that's that's exactly correct. We uh, we do our events. We do four events a year at the Silks Poker Room. Um, what we have coming up in July is our North America Championship. It's going to run uh, July 10th to the 20th, and that's going to feature a $580 main event, um, four day ones, and a 200000 guarantee. And the cool thing about that is the top four players are going to win not only cash prizes, but each is going to win a $5,000 Aruba package, which includes the main event entry, um, the 2200 um, a $200 buy-in, which is a 15K guarantee, a $100 buy-in, which is a 5K guarantee first, seven-night hotel stay, and another $400 in travel. So one thing that we've tweaked with all of our tour stops and we make sure no matter what player wins, where they win, we want to limit we want to limit the money they have to come out of pocket. We want to make sure everything is taken care of so they can go down and have you know the best time of their life. That's fantastic. I have never been to Aruba, but I've heard it's a great place to play poker. Uh, let me ask you this. During the seven-day period, uh, this has run a couple times in the past, what kind of cash games do they have going on? Um, you know, they, they, they run uh, – They last year we had – every night we ran about, you know, the um, – the cash teams, they had a 5-5 PLO, which was very popular um, and played very big. And then, um, you know, ran ran multiple, you know, multiple 2-5s and 5-10s. You know, Aruba is such a small island. You know, they we figured out they probably only have about 50 poker players on the island. So, you know, 
you know, we've noticed over the past two years, we're starting to draw from South America a little bit more in Venezuela. And then, um, you know, most importantly that uh, we've learned that if you don't have the players there, you can't go on social media and go, hey, you know, the tournament's running right now. So we just really wanted to make sure that we, you know, got as many people to the island, got them taken care of. And then, as you know, if you if you're promoting a larger field and you're able to announce that you have 100 players, then, you know, a lot of the touring pros are going to realize it's a legitimate stop and uh, and then put it on their schedule for the year. Absolutely. You build it and they will come. Well, thank you, Sandy. I, uh, I'd like to see you sometime. Do you go in, uh, to the World Series of Poker at all? Do you visit Las Vegas during that time to maybe recruit? Well, I, you know, it's funny you mentioned. I didn't know when this, when this was going to come out. But the, um, we're doing a two-event series at the Stratosphere um, June 29th and 30th, uh, sa- uh, Sunday and Monday, where we're going to guarantee a $4,000 Aruba pack and a $3,000. So heading out, uh, heading out this week on, uh, on Thursday and, and going to be staying until um, stay Tuesday. Great. Well, maybe we'll bump into each other. Uh, that would be great. Yeah. Well, Sandy, I appreciate. You. I really, really appreciate you having me on. I've enjoyed it. You, uh, you make a very compelling case for folks getting into this tournament series. You are the commissioner of the PPC Poker Tour. You're a good spokesman, Sandy, and I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. And last but not least, ppcpokertour.com, and uh, we we've coined it the ultimate poker occasion. So uh, thanks again for having me on. Okay, that's Sandy Schwartzbach. Commissioner of the PPC Poker Tour. We'll be back after a quick break. Midwest poker players now have a poker tour to call their own. The Mid-States Poker Tour. The Mid-States Poker Tour is designed to cater directly to poker players, Great locations, deep stack tournaments, affordable buy-ins, and most importantly, large prize pools. This year, with over 20 events in nine states, the Mid-States Poker Tour provides an exciting opportunity for poker in one of the most underrated poker hotbeds in the country. Check out their website, msptpoker.com, for upcoming tournaments near you. The Mid-States Poker Tour. Finally, a poker tour designed for poker players. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyons, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com.
hearts I build were strong Of love and dreams and life to come What did we do, my dear? The cellar full of warmth and hope Shooting stars were calling out Why did we leave right I don't know about you guys. I like that, that was, song a lot. Very mellow. That was. Uh, no, I really like yeah. that song. You know, we got an email from New Zealand from a uh, artist named Vebka V E B K A. You can check out her music at Vebka dot com. Vebka, I Vebka. will check she's out. She's from New Zealand. And she just she checked, sounds like she's gorgeous. Yeah, she's. Uh, you know, that was House of Cards. She actually, uh, did she write it for us? I don't think so, but I uh, sure. Why not? I mean, it was more. <laughs> she, she actually sent us her video. We should probably put it up on the oh, website or what, something like that. What does that. she look like? I mean, typical man. What does she look like? Uh, no, here I have a picture of her. There's a artsy European lady. Well, actually, no, New Zealand's not European. I don't even know. Oh. It's kind of earthy. I, kind of, oh, <laughs> I, I really dig yeah. her looks. Yeah, I know. And like her a, smile and her kind music. Kind of Janis Joplin-looking vibe to her, doesn't she? Janis Joplin. Yeah. She just got done with a uh, tour of the sub-Antarctic. I'm not sure what that means, but... Uh, the sub-Arctic region, which, which in, is what? in Antarctica. Okay. So, so if you uh, say subarctic, so it could ice be stations either. zebra. That's where she right. played you, pretty if much. If you yeah. say subarctic, it could either be the Arctic, which is in the mm-hmm. north, or the Antarctic, which okay. would be in the south. Well, she was she at was the sub. Subarctic. Well, hmm, yeah. interesting. See? Well, that's what I'm saying. You know what? You guys are just going to have to send yeah. me there to find yeah. out. <laughs> v e b k a dot com. I'm guessing Check her out. Thanks that a lot, her Vebka. ancestry is uh, Eastern European. Uh, she's doing a new album. She, I think she's recording it in Germany. So uh, there maybe must be a reason German, why she's maybe. going to Germany. So. I, uh, if I were a single guy, I would ask her out on a date. There you go. Hey. You anyway, know. beautiful music. Uh, from well, there's her Vebka. email address. Okay. <laughs> So, so um, well, listeners, speak, we are speaking of trips. Yes. You know, you're back from. Well, uh, first of all, listeners, you're listening oh, to okay, House yeah, of yeah. Cards. I'm Ashley Adams. I'm in studio with my producer, the handsome Dave Weiss. You know, if they don't know that by now, that we're doing the mailbag. Well, we now. may have <laughs> first time listeners. Oh, okay. See, I'm always oh, okay. assuming that there are lots of people. I bet, who it, I would have once heard. we tell Vebka. We're leading in with her uh, song. I bet you we're going to get a new I don't new understand crop of why you were kidding around and, about uh, the song. I really dig that I know, song. I like it. It's, it's I'm going to adopt mellow. it as my personal theme song when I walk into a room. Okay. You know, like Johnny Carson, when different guests would come on, he would like have the a president. song. Hail to the Chief. You know, that's your. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I, this is it. My House of Cards song. I really dig it. Um, okay. So, yes, I am back from Vegas. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what, what it is, but I think. When you go to Las Vegas uh, at least once a year mm-hmm. for the last 20 years, which is what I've done, there's something deadening about the experience be- every time I repeat it. A little bit less and less and less mm-hmm. enthusiasm for it. This year was no exception to that. I I went, I, uh, I planned to play in a number of tournaments, and I always have my hopes up for yep. some kind of poker glory. I played in one tournament that had a uh, million-dollar uh, prize pool, something like a $500,000 first prize. I did terribly. Really? Then I played in, it was like I kept going down the ladder of poker respectability. Then I well, played. Well, where was that tournament at? The That was at the win. Okay. Yeah. 
Then I played in a tournament at uh, Treasure Island, okay. which had 40 players. I did terrible there. Mm. Then I descended to a $30 tournament at Club Fortune, no less. <laughs> and uh, I did better, but I still didn't cash. And by the way, the guaranteed prize pool was $500. That's okay. the entire prize pool. <laughs> And then I went... Oh, the whole prize pool. Yes, okay. the whole prize okay. pool. <laughs> I'm then, thinking winner. Oh, okay. Right. Well, oh, no. Then I went to the absolute bottom of the barrel, the press tournament for the World Series of Poker, which are members of the media. Okay. And I busted out in an hour. And okay. the tournament was about four hours. So I didn't do it. But I did do well in the side games. I played at Club Fortune. I made a little money there. I played at Caesars. I made a few hundred dollars at Caesars. I played cash at Treasure Island. I made some money there. I went to the Mirage. I made some money at the Mirage. Uh-huh. Uh, so overall, I think I did fairly well. Now, do you make money at the tournaments? No, the, no. Or, or did you just switch over to cash games? Aren't or? you listening to uh, well, me? You know, it's, are you just you're rubbing thro- it in? You're throwing all these names at me. I, I played wondering. in four tournaments. I didn't cash okay. in any of them. So no, I didn't make okay. money. You got that part. I got that part. All right. Then I played in. Well, pa- let me. I'm getting to a point where you were smart enough to stop playing tournaments and go to the cash games. <laughs> That's wrong. Very good. Then I played in cash games and I won. Enough to pay for the trip and uh, for the tournament losses, and so I felt good. But I don't know. I, I I just didn't have that feeling of excitement the same way I always do. I think maybe because it started on a down note. I left at 5 in the morning. I got yeah. out there, and the original plan was to go meet my Uncle Mike, who is a horse owner, standard breads, uh, Trotters and Pacers, and now he's getting into thoroughbreds. Is he out there? He or? he was. He went out there a day sooner, and okay. the reason I was going, we had a conversation. He said, hey, Ashley, we've never been in Las Vegas at the same time. I have free tickets to see Celine Dion, who I hear is a, is a great ticket to get, a great okay. show. Yeah. And I said, all right, well, when are you going? He told me, and I said, I'm free. I'll, all right, I'll fly out then, just because it's something to do. Yeah. yeah. So I got out there, and... Uh, we had a dinner, very, very nice dinner at Rao, which is a place next to the buffet, and we couldn't get into the buffet because the line was too long. So Rao's a very nice restaurant. We had dinner there, and then we were walking over to see Celine Dion, and I noticed a couple of people were, like, sobbing. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and then we, we got up, and there's this huge crowd outside the doors, which half an hour before I figured would be open. They weren't. They were closed. So I went up to one of the security guards. I said, when do you let people in? He said, oh, I'm sorry to tell you. She has a sore throat. She won't be performing. So they had no show at all, uh, which I didn't care. I played three hours at Caesars and made a few hundred bucks. Did he he at least redeem your tickets for something? It was a comp. Oh, it was a comp. Oh, wow. He got comp. Oh, wow. I didn't. I thought you were getting the free ticket, and he bought them. No, 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 no. no. He got got free tickets. And then um, I went over to the Rio. He had a couple of buddies, one of whom was playing in the main event, and I watched one of his friends who actually did cash, made 25000 Wow, nice. So it was, uh, it was good. I also I took him to my favorite uh, dive bar in the world, which is the Dispensary Lounge <laughs> out on uh, uh, East Flamingo. They have jazz on Saturday night. So we went and we saw some jazz, very nice uh, vocalist and a, a, a three-piece combo. And that was good. And Can you ca- call that a dive bar when there's actual live music? And well, it's really listed. You're right. Well, okay. it's, I think it's misnamed a dive bar because on at least two nights out of the week, they have the jazz, and it's great. But it's 70s vintage shag carpeting, oh, yeah. uh, and there's nothing else that really goes on there yeah. except for the jazz twice yeah. a week. But uh, he, he, he agreed to go. They have very cheap, delicious, huge hamburgers, which we got. 
uh, $5.99 for a half-pound burger and fries, which I thought was a pretty good deal. Mm. So we did that. And then um, I saw some poker-playing buddies from out east were over, out for the World Series, and we had a couple of dinners together, and I watched some of them play. And that was good. But I don't know. It's just kind of a, a little less than super enthusiasm, and maybe it's all about the fact that I didn't cash in any of the tournaments I played. But I have a feeling, I don't know, it's just getting to be too routine, something yeah, like that. Yeah, is, it is the thrill gone, or or do they need to I was more spice exci- thing up? Or? I was more excited about coming home to my cash game than I was <laughs> yeah. about, for entertainment purposes only, <laughs> uh, than I was about playing in Las Vegas. And, uh, oh, I, I got to eat out in Chinatown a couple of times, which oh, I always like. And I stayed, of course, in the incredibly luxurious, high-end, super luxurious Arizona Charlies on Boulder. For twenty dollars a night, what a which, great name, and what a great price, and what a great price. <laughs> and there, are, I noticed that uh, when I, I'd go out for a walk in the mm-hmm. morning, about five a.m. when it's cool, and every morning I walk up and down Boulder, and I saw half a dozen working girls yep. who are either coming home from work or they live out there or they live, stay at Arizona Charlie's. But it was uh, it was sad because Las Vegas is overwhelmed with absolutely drop-dead gorgeous women, uh, they're so abundant that you <laughs> don't even notice them after a while, and, and a lot of them are in that profession. It's just kind of sad. So, Well, well, I have to ask you, since uh, you were out there, did you at least try a little bit online poker? Or? No. No. Nope. I, I thought did, did about it rooms? briefly. I, I heard they had rooms or lounges. Didn't see theaters or I didn't see any. No. And you know what it was? It was uh, figuring there would be red tape. If I thought that I could just go onto my computer yeah, yeah. at the Rio and just press a button and I'd be on their site, I would have done that. But you got to get money from an account. You yeah, got to wait yeah. for it to clear. Uh, you got to sign in. You got to have the and I, I have a you know an Apple and I figured that the uh, most of the sites are for Microsoft stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't bother. I no, no. So, no, no, I was I was curious to see if if there was red tape because you know I didn't try. I no, was not no. like you are in New Jersey. I didn't even try. But there are <laughs> signs everywhere. Is it really give, telling you how much free stuff you get, how much uh, you can win in a tournament, how you can get free rolls for the World Series of Poker, all over the place, encouraging people to sign on. And I just didn't yeah. bother to do it. So. Did you see any changes in the, the this year's World Series? Because I always ask you that. They always tweak it a little bit every year. Did you see a change that you liked or didn't like? I didn't. I didn't see anything different except uh, they were. Well, there was one funny scene, and then I'll stop because uh, Doug's giving us <laughs> a sign to shut up. Uh, it was funny. Uh, the main event, day three, day two or day three. Uh, I'm in the hallway, and it's mobbed. It's during the dinner break, and I see Barry Greenstein, who is in conversation with somebody. And since Barry's been a guest on this show. And I feel entitled to go up to people and interrupt them when they're, if they've been guests on the show as if I'm their good buddy. I said, excuse me, I just want to say hello. I'm Ashley Adams. You've been on the show a couple of times, Barry. I just wanted to meet you, say hello in person. And he said, oh, oh, hi. A little bit less than enthusiastic for being interrupted in his private conversation. And then feeling kind of stupid, I asked a question which compounded my stupidity. I said, just piled it on. So um, are you still in? And he looks at me like I'm a moron, and he said, do you think I'd be standing here as a spectator? <laughs> you know, in this mob of people. Yeah, yeah. And he, yeah I'm still in. I, you think I'd be here if I weren't in the tournament? 
And I said, well, I don't know. You could be like me, interviewing people. <laughs> and he said, yeah. So, and then he went back to talking to the buddy. He was, a, he was actually very cordial and very nice. I mean, there were, that was one good thing. As a poker guy, I do get a kick out of seeing all the celebrity pokers in one place. And they were everywhere. They yeah. were ubiquitous. So, that, so the answer is, uh, I don't know if that's different from other years, but it was fun. So we're going to have to end this segment. Uh, I'm glad you tuned in, listeners. Come back next week. Until then, good day and good luck. Podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.